Hey there, sugar. This here is Lenore Zan, and you're watching Fandoms. And welcome to Fandoms, a show from every fan's point of view. I am Tony. I am the host of, uh, of Fandoms, also the founder of Nerd Initiative. Uh, we are well, We are so glad to have you guys. Um, just welcome. We're going to be talking tonight about superhero fatigue. Um, if you didn't see it from the opening um, artwork. Uh, super excited to do that intro. Also, um, having Lenore Zan, um, we interviewed her back in um october of this last year at new york comic-con 2023 um and in fact if you want to you can go to that article um you can follow the qr code that is going to be popping up just about i'll do it now um so lenore zan um just talking about her political career um not only was she a amazing superhero in the animated series for X-Men back in the nineties. Um, but she also went on to do, um, political work in Canada, um, really, um, taking a stand for women's rights and for indigenous rights. Um, and then coming back for X-Men 97. Um, but before we do, before we go any further, um, let's go ahead and get started with some Pooja's picks and then we'll pick up the conversation. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another segment of Pooja's Picks. My name is Pooja, and I'm here to bring you the latest in movie news. Here are my picks for the week. Ethan Cohen's latest film, Drive Away Dolls, is in theaters now and stars Margaret Qualley and Geraldine Vishwanathan in this road trip comedy centered around two lesbian friends who take a trip down to Tallahassee, Florida, unbeknownst to them using a car containing special goods. The film features the likes of Oscar nominee Coleman Domingo, Pedro Pascal, and even Matt Damon. Nevertheless, if it's a road trip adventure you've been craving along the likes of Thelma and Louise, or if you're looking for a renaissance in kooky, ridiculous comedy films, this could be for you. Be sure to also check out a full review of the film only on nerdinitiative.com. Three years ago, one of the biggest epic sagas was once again brought to the big screen. Today, its sequel is now in theaters. That's right, Dune 2 has risen from the harsh deserts of Arrakis and continues the story of Paul Atreides as he reunites with Chani and the Freeman in the hopes of achieving justice against those who destroyed his family. Denis Villeneuve returns as the director alongside a cast just as stacked as the first, with Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, and Rebecca Ferguson reprising their roles and welcoming Florence Pugh, Austin Butler, and Dave Bautista. And if you're unsure if the sequel will be able to hold up to the first movie or exceed your expectations, why not check out a review of the film, available only on nerdinitiative.com. Ever 
ever wonder how your old stuffed animals and imaginary friends feel when you grow up and leave them behind? Well, we might have the creepiest answer. From director Jeff Wadlow, Imaginary is a horror film that centers around Jessica and her stepdaughter Alice, who discovered Jessica's teddy bear, Chauncey, that she left behind as they go back to her childhood home. However, it seems like Chauncey isn't all that he seems as the games he opts to play become increasingly dangerous. If you enjoy Bloomhouse production films like Five Nights at Freddy's or Megan, make sure this goes on your watch list. Just when we thought the adventures of our favorite fighting panda had come to an end, it seems Poe the Dragon Warrior will be kicking his way into theaters with Kung Fu Panda 4. The film continues the story of Poe, who had been chosen to become the spiritual leader of the Valley of Peace, and must now choose and train his new successor. But his biggest obstacle comes in the form of a shape-shifting sorceress who is determined to wreak havoc and obtain Poe's Staff of Wisdom. The film welcomes back the voices of Jack Black, James Hong, Dustin Hoffman, and Brian Cranston, along with a few familiar villains, while also introducing new voices like Aquafina, Viola Davis, and Kihei Kwan. As a longtime fan of the Kung Fu Panda series, you can bet that I'll be showing up for this one. Well, that's all that I have for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and be sure to check into the next episode of Phantoms for another segment of Pooja's Picks. Until then, back to the show. All right. Welcome. And, and by the way, before we get, get to go any further, just to say, Will, um, don't know what's going on in your life, but it does seem like you're breaking bad. So you want to turn your audio on. You're goddamn right. Anyway. <laughs> Somebody, there was a, a, I've had this hat for years, years and years and years. I forgot to kill my air conditioner. Um, but you know, I was wearing it around the, you know, final season time around town in winter. Cause it is a good way to, to keep my, my dome cool or warm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and there was, uh. One person at, I went to a restaurant to pick up an order and she's like, and she just said Heisenberg. And instantly I just chimed in. You're goddamn right. Yeah. Well, in the pre-show that will be showing up on my Patreon, um, that was my first thought. Of course, uh, we, we also had a, a DMC reference. So um, there is that. So you, you have, you have some choices, you have options. Um, you know, that, that's the great thing. Like for me with my hair, um, I typically am more adverse to hats now because this, this gets messed up. But, uh, after this weekend, I, this week, I really kind of feel like I want to start wearing hats out in public again. That's uh, well, I mean, that's man. Two, to me, that was your brand for the longest listen, time. Not even two, a hat you own, which is, I mean, two you stores. I was at two stores this week. Like not even, I went to GameStop because my kid wanted to look at like my kid has Mario wonder. And he wanted to go to the store to check out new games. And what does he play the demo of? Mario Wonder. And I'm like, buddy, could you could you please just try something else? Because it would make sense. Because you can do this at home. And so he's doing his thing, and I'm walking over, looking at the clearance stuff. And the guy, the guy from behind the counter, goes, "Yondu." And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I get it. That's funny. I had the okay. Guardian sweatshirt, and yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. And he literally got behind the counter came around and followed me through the store quoting quote after quote from guardians of the galaxy. Wow. And 
And then, and I'm trying to ignore him, but then there was the, there was the, and, I, and again, I wasn't being rude. It wasn't like it, it annoyed me. It was just more like it, it put me off. And I was trying to just kind of move on and kind of give the idea. I didn't want to talk about it, but he started misquoting the movie. And of course the OCD kicks in and I'm like, no, 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 no. it was this line. No, no, no. It was this line. <laughs> oh, and then man. later on, I went to five below. And as, as soon as I'm walking in the thing it goes, Oh, look, it's Yondu. And I'm like, Maybe I will go bald. <laughs> I mean, you know. And but if I if I paint my hair, if I dye my hair red, oh, and then, there you, you know, go. Do some blue. I could definitely cosplay easily. Actually, you know? all I I would say really just go with the dye the hair red. That's the minimum level of commitment. I think. Well, I already need. dye the beard, so why not dye the hair? <laughs> it's like, uh, but I like I like the silver in my hair. I don't know why. Like. I, I started going gray when I was 20. So it's like, I kind of owned it. Cause it's like, you don't know exactly how old I am. Except everybody knows how old I am, but regardless, Leah, I we're, we're, we're going on, on rabbit trails and rabbit holes and whatever else. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about a couple things before we get into the actual discussion. I know I kind of threw it on you and I kind of posted it today, Damn it. Um, but I think it's a conversation that, you know, we've kind of had before um, talking about superhero fatigue, but before that, let's talk about some superhero stuff, actually. Um, first of all, yesterday was Superman's birthday. Um, leap day. Yes, less leap, leap day. Uh, in fact, I was I was doing some research. He was introduced in, I believe it was 1938. No, mm -hmm. 36. And in 1968, it was announced that his birthday was on leap year or was on a leap year was leap day. Um, so technically, if you kind of think about when he would have been born, if he would have been born in like 19 or he was been, he was alive and he was an adult in 1938. Um, according to leap years, Superman's only like what, 26, 28 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, so, yeah, and, you know, because our birth dates, the actual date is the only thing that actually anchors us in time. You know, it, it isn't that you've. You know, there's a leap day because to keep everything aligned, it's 365 and a quarter days. So every fourth year, you've got the extra day. It keeps everything aligned. It doesn't mystically and magically make you a, a, a being that ages slower in, in the timeline than we do. At least not your standard goer. So, so no, he, he's really, really old right now. <laughs> Yeah. But you know what but I he do? Doesn't, but he's not. I but of do course, have he, hanging... he ages slow, so it works. It's up out of sight, but I do have a replica of Action Comics number one hanging on the wall. I think it was like a Loot Crate exclusive thing at one point. Yeah, we have a couple things that are that we have exclusively because we were doing Loot Crate around the same time that we I kind of discovered. Um, but uh, but yeah, so on top of the whole Superman thing. Um, yesterday being Superman's birthday, uh, James Gunn did post the first image for what was called Superman legacy, but is now just called Superman. And I'm just going to say it. I didn't think I would love that design for the, for the S, but I am definitely digging it. I, you know what? It's very interesting. I liked it. We're also kind of seeing it with snow on it. Oh, yeah. But but I'll also say it it could look like somebody painted a red S on a banana. I don't 
care. I just want to see what James Gunn does with the IP in the universe. I am looking forward to it like nothing else. You could mm -hmm. name it Superman Donkey the movie. I would go. Give it to me now. Next year is not acceptable. Well, I will say this, though. Being next year, this movie is coming out the same month as the Fantastic Four is being slated if Disney doesn't move it, which we will talk about that a little bit later. Well, you know, it used to be that DC was the one who would flinch. Well, and it's... They don't even have to... This is I said this before on, on, on TikTok. Neither one of them have to flinch. Like, we can have both of those movies in the same month in fact, I would have, I would, I would say when, when they're both out in the theaters, like the theater should obli be obligated to do like a double feature. <laughs> well, we're talking about I, I, don't, I don't know if I would go that far, but I mean, the, the problem is from an industry standpoint, you know, if you really want that kind of nearly side by side comparison versus having things breathe i personally uh, just from the way i go see movies i mm -hmm. i would thoroughly i don't care it, they don't have to both be on the same day let them be on you know uh, some somebody takes the lead somebody else follows because it's just gonna if one does well it's gonna benefit the other either mm -hmm. way because yeah. it, you know it's like what suddenly I, i'm gonna go see fantastic four and then i'm not gonna go see this exactly come exactly. on especially, especially considering because you know they're gonna put each of those movies in the beginning of the previews for the for the for the other film and so you're gonna sit there and watch fantastic four and you're gonna see james gunn superman and it's it's gonna look good on that big screen yeah but we are what we would call a shoe in okay we right. are a safe bet you got to remember the one thing that they're always striving for is that part of the audience that wasn't going to go just the average joe q public maybe on a date maybe going with a friend maybe going alone they don't care mm -hmm. they're the ones that they need in the seats for it to be big and so uh you know they're they're always going to want that so yeah. so it's not about us it's about those people and yeah. them going and along with um going through and looking and i had to go on twitter to get the image of the superman s um i also saw i don't know how recent this is it might have been today um but we have the announcement that wendell pierce is going to be per playing perry white um, in the movie and i'll be honest with you like between the last two iterations and i'm not going to talk about the the show like superman lois or anything like that like i'm talking about cinematic appearances you know we got lawrence fishburne as perry white in you know man of steel and we didn't get a whole lot of him we we we, we don't know anything beyond of course like what was it um he was in man of steel and then he was in um, Batman v Superman. And so I don't even remember it. Yeah. So it, it wasn't memorable. And I'll be honest with you. I kind of felt like Lawrence Fishburne was one of those characters. Like when you see him, you think you think Morbius, you think, you know, some other films than this. And I felt like he was too big for the role. I think Wendell Pierce 
as soon as I looked at him, like I could absolutely see him. Dude, look. I don't mean to cross-reference and show just how much of the general public I'm also considered a part of, but his character in Suits, okay, really tells you how well he could pull off a Perry White, even in a modernized version. I'm just saying. Yeah, I watched Suits. What of it? Don't come at me, bro. I haven't seen the last two seasons, though. I fell off the bridge. That's fine. I listen. I watch suits mainly through TikTok clips. That's that's pretty much how it goes. You know, that and Doctor Who. I know a lot but, about Doctor Who now because of TikTok. That's, but that's that is it. dangerous for me. I most of the time, not that anybody cares about my scrolling habits, but most of the time, I will if I see a clip come up, my knee jerk reaction now is to instantly just swipe past. And the reason why is because I don't need some one minute posted clip drawing me into now sitting in front of my tv for the next two and a half to three hours because i i'm like oh man i i want to rewatch that well it's funny because i'll watch the clips but i won't go back and watch the, like I, I i did that once they got me with jupiter ascending and i was like oh you know what it's been a while maybe it's aged well and it didn't age well and so <laughs> So I only watch suits on, on TikTok. I'll scroll through. I only watch like uh what is it Chicago Med or like 911 on TikTok when it pops up. Um, and I promise you, right now, the only song that is stuck in my head right now is Cop Cutie Cute and on Duty. Um from Rookie. <laughs> they and you see, like you said, those are like, I'm fine watching it there. Not me, my friend. I see that, and now suddenly I'm like contemplating. Okay. Rookie, season one. Let's yeah. go. Well, pretty much, it, it, it was. There was a time where it was like anything Nathan Fillion. I would watch it, and and honestly, he's a cool guy. But he's one of those people. I've met him, and you don't know how much of it's genuine because, like, we were, we were, we were. Of course, we're at the Guardians premiere, and I'll talk about that a little bit about the DC stuff. But um, he's walking by, and, and my wife goes, you know, can we? Can we get a picture? He's like, I thought you'd never ask. And then, of course, he comes over, does the whole thing. And you're just like, he is so full of it. It's so awesome, though. I love it. But, you know, yeah. uh, the guy that does uh, Fat Man Beyond with Kevin Smith, Mark Bernardin, he tells, I think, the story that thoroughly defines the character of that man. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm if I'm remembering, yes, I, I know that's the actor he attributes it to. Um, Nathan, uh, they were at a premiere for something. It might've been, it might've been the first guardians movie, mm-hmm. um, at the time. Cause he was going representing uh, whatever publication he was writing for at the time. But, mm-hmm. but there was a previous connection between the two. And when, uh, he says to his son, you know, let's go meet Nathan Fillion. And they go over there and Mark introduces himself and, Nathan says, hey, sees his son, uh, finds out his name, and then says, I have to tell you, I am such a big fan of your dad. So he's like, I will take a bullet for that man now. (laughs) Because for somebody like Nathan Fillion to build you up like that in front of your son, oh, that's a class act. Oh, yeah. You know who's actually, and I... Everything else set aside, who else is a very, I've heard is a very good class act is actually Chris Pratt. Not to go off on a tangent. I've heard, I I didn't get a chance to meet him. 
I my my kid wanted to really mm-hmm. wanted to, but he was too. He spent way too much. He well, I I won't say he was spent. He spent a lot of time with the fan pits, and so the way it, the way it worked is you went around this horseshoe where there was a big stage. And, you know, they had people filming from above. And then you went around this horseshoe where there was a fan pit. There was a fan pit outside when you were coming in because it was up at the Dolby Theater. And um, and then from there, you went down this walkway. And then you went down, like, the red carpet where all of the media outlets were taking pictures. And so by the time he got there, he spent so much time in the, the pit, did an interview with Marvel, went down and got, like, maybe a quarter of the way past the media outlets. And then they were rushing everybody into the theater because it was way past time to do the movie. Mm-hmm. So, which I'm glad, you know, and I, I, I was, I was about to say, I wouldn't, I was, I was kind of feeling guilty for saying, talking about it, but when the strike happened, I lost a lot of like months that I wanted to talk about the guardians premiere and, and everything else. And I felt like I just didn't have the chance to do it. So I'm not feeling guilty for it now. Um, That's fine, man. That's fine. but, uh, although, yeah. although I think personally already we're going in and I think I've already shown my hand on the topic that we're going to be discussing tonight. (laughs) I don't, because I don't, anyway, when the time comes, my friend. So let's, let's go ahead and get some formalities aside. Wait, wait, hold on. Before we do that though, I just want to kind of tie into the James Gunn news and my whole whatever of whatever. Quick Mm -hmm. question. And this kind of tells you my level of commitment to DC properties, how much they've brought me in as a fan to be willing to stick around. I'm going to ask you a question. The answer and, and the the question itself is going to really tell you, and your answer is probably going to be even more telling. Is the second Aquaman movie streaming on Max now? Yes, but I haven't watched it. Okay, see, neither have I. <laughs> well, but that's let me, that's let me, more. Let, let me say why. Anyway, let me say why. I and, I, and I'm not. I'm not. How, and by the way, you... how long has it been on there? Um, this week, I think it was just this week. Okay, good. Well, yeah. all yeah, right. Was, I feel, I feel a it was little, like the 20, I think it was like the 27th that it, it hit. I thought um, I was, I was out of town. So I thought I was blowing it off. Like, no, 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 no. And I'll be honest with you. Like I want to make this clear because it's, it, I, I don't want people to get the wrong opinion of me when I say this, but cause I've, I've kept out of the whole Johnny Depp, Amber Heard drama, mm. but there was a lot of people that were, that were having negative thoughts about that movie and Warner Brothers went out of their way to reassure people that she wasn't it by making sure she was barely in any of the promotionals. But from what I understand, that's not the case. And it's just another one of those things where it's kind of like, you know, w- deception with promotions is, is something that bothers me and it immediately turns me off with stuff. Like, and I, I want to say this carefully, Infinity War teasing the Hulk and then it not being there. That did bother me. Me too. It bothered me a lot. Cause that I was, wanted to that see, was the, that was I, the, there was a toy in Toys R Us. Mind you, this is how far along it was. Toys R Us was still around for a, for a minute. They had Hulk busters with Hulk busting out of the Hulk buster. And I was so excited that this was like, this is a spoiler. I can't wait. Cause I wanted to see it happen. And, well, and, and, but you know what? To be fair, in in the creative process versus the marketing and let's make Lucas money off of uh, action figures, that was one of the original concepts, was that while in the Hulkbuster, in, in a dire moment, you know, 
Mark Ruffalo basically says, come on, Hulk, this is it. We've either got to work together or, or we're done. And then he turns into the Hulk busting out of it and basically goes, this is new <laughs> like that. So, so that was something that was in there, but yeah, that but was I where thought I it was the... vital because if they're ever going to have it where the Hulk reverts back or there's a splitting of the personalities again, that would have been the, we, we, we can talk about that in a minute. So let, let me go and get back to the formalities. Cause like, again, tangents, like this is, this, this show should just be called tangents. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say that. Um, so a couple things to go and run through rich. If you want to get ready to go through the QR codes, I want to just make sure we mention. first of all, if you like Will Wilkins, you'll want to check out NetHeads with him, with Trent. Um, there is a picture of him with hair. Yes, <laughs> he did have hair. I'm believing it is selective because of how far that hair was going back. Um, sometimes you just have to call retreat and sometimes you just have to give up the army. Um, but I found this online. I absolutely love this picture. Um, just because it is something that I would have designed too. And this tells you how long ago it was. Um, so <laughs> and look at that baby face. Will I'm just gonna say, and Trent without a beard, it's, it's okay. It's a now, now here's the dangerous territory you're getting into because I started doing net heads in 2011 and before that i had been doing another podcast as well so anyway i the whole takeaway there is that that i started doing netheads in 2011 and it's yeah. it's 2024 i i don't know if 13 years is a good or bad statement at this point i think it's i often i often joke that i'm the edward of the internet because i'm listen, like let's do another one listen listen it you're good. You're absolutely good. And again, we're we're going on tangents. Well, let's let's kind of wrap. So, uh, Rich, let's go ahead and get ready for this. I'm going to try to knock down. Uh, if you uh, saw Lenore Zan at the beginning of our, our episode, if you didn't go back and watch that, but you can watch the interview that we had with her back in um, October at New York Comic Con 2023, um, talking about her work. Amazing, amazing career. Not only as a voice actor, but also as a political activist, as a politician in Canada. You know really working and striving to, to help people. And then speaking of X-Men, because she's coming back in X-Men 97, the Lego of the week is actually going to be the Marvel X-Men X-Jet, um, which I thought was an interesting title for this. Um, it is at 359 pieces at 84.99. If you follow that code, not only can you get that amazing Lego set, which I really want because it has Rogue and Rogue is my favorite character out of the X-Men. Hence why Lenore Zan was... I made sure that interview happened. Um, and so uh, really cool. Uh, check that out. But we also get a bit of coin for that. So we appreciate anything um, that you can do if you haven't gotten it already. Um, and then another thing that I really want to be excited about to talk about next week, if you were going to be in the DC area for AwesomeCon, uh, about to say NetHeads, Nerd Initiative is doing an expounding the MCU, talking about the multiverse, incursions, and what's to come. Uh, Matt Roth of Hopskeek News, uh, part of our Nerd Initiative uh, comics bullpen, um, and one of our assistant editors is joining me for this panel. And we're going to be talking about um, hints in the comics, what could be possibly happening for the future, and what is going to be the end of the current MCU. And so if you're going to be there 1:30 on Friday the 8th and room 207B and we're going to try to record it but I cannot guarantee um because life things happen. So we'll we'll, we'll see. Um and then 
the last thing I want to just remind everybody about is the uh, new comic book day um, every Wednesday. Um, that's going to be uh, at the Nerd Initiative website. You can check that there. And then also if you look at the code right here, um, this is going to take you to our monthly newsletter where we tell you about the stuff that we're doing and the things that are happening, including some amazing interviews like the bullpen sitting down on turn a page and interviewing Patton Oswald and the group talking about their current comic that's come out. So be sure to do that. Um, you'll, you'll see, you'll see the actual newsletter here, and then it'll give you an option um, at the top of the page to be able to subscribe. And then you won't miss any news that's going on uh, for Nerd initiative. And then finally we have to keep the lights on or else we can't continue doing this show. And so go ahead and check out, the merch store. Um, I went ahead and we've added a couple of new things. Um, we're going to be starting, we're starting to in really solidify some branding for certain stuff. The bullpen has their own style, um, uh, nerd initiative movies and nerd initiative television. And we're going to have to, we're going to have, uh, you know, stuff for that. Um, there's actually some nerd initiative movies, merch on there as well, including our wrestling show, which is wrestling night live hosted by our very own producer. That's um, behind the screen scenes, doing everything, making me look like I'm like doing magic. Um, you can find wrestling night live there um, every Thursday night, 8 PM. And then um, I believe there is going to be an upcoming, um, I, I believe it's AEW uh, pay-per-view. Uh, so there's lots of stuff. Uh, typically they do a pre-show and a post-show. So if you don't know, Check out Nerd Initiative. You'll find everything even on this channel here on YouTube. Um, and be sure to like and subscribe and turn on notifications so you know what stuff is coming out. Because we have things like Did You Know? We have Pooja's Picks. We have Paperweight Entertainment's Hall of Armor. There's uh, news that comes out. So we'll try to keep you guys updated with everything that's going on. But with all of that said, we can now move on to what this show is about. And that is superhero fatigue. Is it a real thing? Yes. Let me tell you something. As my daughter's hero, I am exhausted. That's not what you meant. Never mind. <laughs> no, I think. Well, I, th I think the box office shows it is a real thing. Okay, even though I think that there are certain marketing questions that have occurred, I think there's also been certain choices. Uh, our commentary a little just moments ago about the second Aquaman movie, right? I. I I did not go to see that in the theater be, theater because I did not feel it was put out in good faith per se. I I mm -hmm. and I question why it came out the way it did unless they were contractually obligated to put something out in like Jason Momoa's Rider because mm -hmm. uh just from what I heard it is it is not good. It's not Madam Web not good but it's still not good. Uh, so when you put out that kind of stuff, in that case, I kind of view it as in bad faith because it's mm -hmm. not entertainment I'm going to enjoy and it's not en entertainment that's going to help elevate the uh, genre. Mm -hmm. So in, in that regard, yeah, especially as I mentioned with like the desire to bring in John Q. Public, I think there are people that would have dallied into these movies because it was a fun zeitgeist and they felt like they could tap into it easily. Mm -hmm. I think instead now you, you there's a, a basic trust issue that's mm -hmm. been lost and on, on both sides, especially considering the performance of the Marvels. Yeah. So I would, I would like when I, let me, let me preface this by saying this is something I've been thinking about for a while and it's something that I think people need to understand because when we use certain terminology when it comes to things like superhero fatigue, 
Um, there are precedences within the entertainment genre of fatigue for specific types of tropes or themes in movies that you see that oftentimes get revived and then they go away. And a lot of those, a lot of, a lot of times that's because there's no audience for it at the time. Let's, let's say there was a while where if you go back, there was lots of period pieces. You had Patriot God's uh, Godzilla, no Patriot gladiator. Um, you had lots of films that were pulling into the, uh, the trope of the past. You then had alternate universe passes with uh, past films, which I, the way I would say it, but it's really the Quentin Tarantino style films where they may follow something in history, but they're really not historic and they're not accurate historically. Mm -hmm. um, they're just used to play in this like alternate universe. Um, I, I think he's more meta than, than, than I give him credit for sometimes, but um, there, there are those types of films. There were, you know, Westerns, which you don't see a lot of Westerns anymore. Um, there were lots of, I, you almost, you almost kind of feel like it, it, the only, the, the ROM the, or the, the period romance drama films don't really happen much anymore. Things like Gone with the Wind and stuff, because those, those kind of fell, you know, within that era. But at the same time, you know, Hallmark has the market on, you know, period piece romance dramas of any type of period. Um, but Forbes put out an article in January 4th of this year talking about superhero fatigue and if it's a real thing. And they based it off of 2023's movie reactions, responses. You had, you know, um, Am and the Wasp Quantumania. You had Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. You had Across the Spider-Verse. Um, I would probably even throw in, people don't realize this, you throw in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when you're talking about superhero comic book films because they're comic book movies. Mm -hmm. um, and then you've got, you know, the, the flash film that we will not speak of. Um, and, and uh, then you had, I can't even think what it was at the end. Oh, the Marvels. Um, just because, you know, you had the Marvels and, and it didn't do well, but there are reasons why those films didn't do well. And there are also reasons why I think the market is struggling right now. And you have to come to terms with the fact that, did if we're talking about just the MCU, you have oversaturation. Um, you don't have them being as protected with their properties as they were with phases one through three. One through three, they were still trying to prove themselves and they were trying to ensure and guarantee success. Whereas phase four, they were opening up and they were allowing people of color to direct and to, to be represented and to do all these things. And yes, it's not going to make people happy. Some people are going to be upset about it because they, they, they have a very narrow tunnel vision worldview, but they're doing this at the same time that there's oversaturation, that there is a pandemic that's changing the landscape and they're not producing the films and planning the films out to account for that. They're almost trying to speed up and make up for the time that they've lost because they had an agenda in the beginning. And then on top of that, there is this, where was I going with it? Hold on. I, I just, I just, I just threw myself. I just threw myself for a loop. Uh, oversaturation. Um, they're not, what was I going to say? Oh my word. Hey, by the way, I'm when the, I talk about fatigue. Yeah. But look, look at me, stop yeah. thinking about it for one. Cause then it'll okay. come back to you. But two, when that happens, do you also have, because this is what happens to me, and it happens very frequently when we're doing these things, uh, so much so I'm wondering if I should be evaluated, but 
I like what happens is I'm telling something and I'm going, I got a good idea going and, and everything's flowing well. And then there's something in my brain that literally just suddenly screams, wait, where's this going? And I completely get derailed. Is that what happened there too, yeah. to you? Yeah. Okay, good. All right, good. I yeah, just want to make sure I'm not the yeah, only one. It's we're, we're old guys. That's just how it works. Okay. All right. Um, no, but there is there is so much there there are so many different factors the strike oh, the, I guess the strike was what I was trying like there are all these things and I remember what it is now these films were immensely successful because they stuck to doing the best that they could with practical and special effects and they used CGI as they needed to to make it look real and to really visualize there is an over reliance and there is an over I would say over budgeting. For special effects, and I, I, I hope that that <laughs> Warner Brothers, that Disney figures it out. That throwing money at CGI is not the way to go. When you saw how Godzilla minus one fared, and how I it looked, I, I haven't seen it either. But everything I've seen about it is gorgeous. Listen, I loved Shin Godzilla, so. That was not the best, but it was still pretty cool and it was more practical than anything else. But it was a shoestring budget to make that film. And look how much money it made. It kept staying in the box office longer than it was intended Dude, because it was doing great. The thing that I will always think about is seeing Wakanda Forever, right? Mm -hmm. And the whole third act essentially happens you know, on, on this big, massive vibe, I'm guessing vibranium, uh, boat, boat that, for, that the Wakandans have. Right. Yeah. And like the moment that thing popped on the screen in the back of my head, I just certainly heard in my mind go bullshit. Cause it, the visual effects weren't good. And, and that just goes to show them overcomplicating something in order to try and meet spectacle completely backs up your argument if that instead was a set of sound stages and some backdrops and they were just rendering those in i might have accepted it a little more because there was more tactical around them and less well, reliance on blue down here and volume up behind me don't forget the last act of the of the of the first black panther film involved a bunch of cgi rhinos and then killmonger and t'challa squaring off on a vibranium train track. But but I didn't so, have any problem with that. I don't know. I mean, like, we gotta remember, like, the, the, does the need the spectacle like I'll tell you right now, my favorite last act of and I love Guardians. Guardians is by far my favorite MCU films. But I'm just gonna say this: the scene in Siberia in Civil War mm -hmm. after, not before or during after they get away from the whole missile silo messing things up when it's a square off between Bucky cap and Iron Man in that corridor. And they're just going, and you see that perspective. That is by far my favorite fight scene throughout the MCU. I love everything else. There's, there's nothing in the MCU that I hate, but I absolutely like, I think of the simplicity of that and mm -hmm. how they were able to focus the, the CGI on what mattered and they really, I mean, 
between Bucky and Cap tossing the shield at each other. That that's what we need more of. We we don't need more, you know, testosterone driven superhero films. We need films that are are taking things like the Mar- Marvel Netflix's Daredevil, the corridor scene where it's all one shot. Mm-hmm. The 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 Civil War scene where it's all you know it's it's all contained and it's all simplified and it's a major fight and you can feel the weight of what's about to happen and what could potentially you know occur to the point of where you know Cap's not going to kill kill Stark but Stark doesn't know that when he brings that shield down and so you have this those moments I think get sacrificed for the big spectacle down the road the Germany airport was great but that wasn't the the best part it was that end scene. And I think that's what we need to get back to when we talk about what Marvel has lost. It's not, we need the characters back. It's not that people don't like these characters. I think Kamala Khan is an amazing character. I love Amon Vellani. I think she is one of my favorite actors within the MCU right now. Mm-hmm. Um, just for the fact that she, she just sheerly loves the fact that, that Kevin Feige had to have a fight with her, an argument with her about her wanting to put too much Iron Man in her room when she's supposed to be a Captain Marvel fan. I, I love that. Um, and so I don't think it's a problem with the, the, the necessity of there being too many superhero films. It's too much spectacle. And then we go back to the oversaturation, oversaturation because many people in this current generation have forgotten that Disney never owned all the properties and they still don't own Spider-Man, but Fantastic Four, the X-Men, a lot of stuff in the Guardians universe because it crossed over with crossed over with X-Men and Fantastic Four. They couldn't use the scrolls. Um, so there was like a whole lot of stuff that they could not use and they they had to avoid. In fact, the reason why we had Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in those movies is because they made a deal with with uh um with 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 Fox at the time. And I think Fox was wanting to do a deal with them anyway. And so, yes, Disney now owns a lot of this stuff. But still, when you think of Madam Web, um, Venom, Morbius, this this Craven film that's coming out, Sony is muddying the muddying the properties a lot, mm-hmm. and they don't understand. Oh. You can't take characters out of a rogues gallery and expect people to understand that. Yes, comic book fans will show up, but you have to make the films. So that comic book fans and people who have no reference to the comic books can go into the theater and have a good time without a whole bunch of exposition. So you've got to be basic. And I think that's where we're struggling. It's not basic. And then this whole Venom verse and Sony wanting to get involved with the next Spider-Man film, wanting to make it another multiversal film when Spider-Man needs to go ground level. That's my biggest complaint with him. I'm done. I'm I'm sorry. I was on a, on a train. I'm, I'm done. Part of that though completely completely made me understand why I like I saw some chatter in the news about could Marvel sue Sony over the way they're handling Spider-Man IP because they're muddy muddying the the brand and again how why do I even call out Aquaman when this when this glaring most recent event happened that just again pitches forth that kind of distrust that we have now because you're not putting out good movies but you still keep putting them out when when sydney sweeney and dakota johnson went out when went out and started talking about madam webb they made a statement that they were excited to be a part of marvel studios madam webb mm-hmm. the actors didn't even know that this wasn't a marvel studios film 
<laughs> Ouch. By the way, Sweeney is hosting Saturday Night Live this weekend, right? Is there some other project she has to push? Uh, I don't know, but if she doesn't talk about Madam Web, that would be hilarious. Oh, wow. Uh, no, she has nothing else that's slated right now, so it would have to be Madam Web. Wow, they were... Somebody in Sony's PR must have lobbied hard because first they had Dakota and now Sweeney. That is amazing. Anyway, again, You're, distrust, man. It's, That's it's what... kind of it's kind of funny because, like, okay, normally the Marvel thing is you move up. Chris Evans played the Human Torch in the Fantastic Four films, which were passable, but they weren't. I mean, they weren't like what Michael Corwin, but they were, you know, they were, they were okay. They were Fox mm -hmm. films. Um, and then he goes off to be Captain America upgrade, you know, Michael B. Jordan played the human torch. Maybe it's the human torch that it's not the, it's that, not, you know, that's the only, that's the only but, role that gets transited. Michael B. Jordan. One of my fate becomes one of my favorite villains in the MCU, which I would have loved to have seen him take a heroic turn, but Killmonger, Cause he was a, he was a great villain and I love the fact that he came back in Wakanda forever spoilers if you haven't seen it but then you have <sighs> okay let me let me let me get through this oh what's it okay who played who was the name of the, the guy who played Quicksilver oh yeah you're the wrong guy to ask here um I never remember his name Evan Peters no 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 not that one the um for Civil War Oh no! I or no, not Civil War for all Age of Ultron. Well, I mean, technically, well, yeah, just Age of Ultron. Awkward, dude. Taylor Johnson from yeah. Captain Billy Twenty Two in chat. What up? Yep. I think that's it. Let me just double okay. check because, of course, we're gonna go with it because I can't find it on here for whatever reason. He's not. Oh, there it is. Yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson. For him to go to Craven. If Craven's not good, and I don't know how it can be good without thank you, Captain Billy. Um, if you can't pull that one off, like that's a you could get an origin with Craven because then Craven needs to go to New York and go after Spider-Man. That would work. But the reports of him being a hero, like I don't know. I, I just, I don't I know. mean, you know, look, as drawn in the comic books, looks like a wrestling character. So it's all, a good turn is always fun, right? Well, so did so did the Spider-Man 2 version of Kraven. He absolutely looked like a wrestling character, but it worked. Mm -hmm. But, but uh, anyway. <sighs> I'm just saying. Um, I, I don't have any faith in that universe, but there is something that must be working at least in the regards of the Venom series, where they're like, according to the algorithm, if we don't spend this much money and we avoid these topics and we can market to all of these countries, you know, these movies are successful because they're coming out with a third one, aren't they? For Venom, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so that's why they keep rolling the dice, but... I'm sorry, man. Don't they have like some type of pay channel? They can just run those as, as those pay channel originals. And I can feel even 
less obligated this, to watch them. Blue, you you forget we almost had a Black Cat and Silver Sable movie. Like Valid the, the rabbit hole goes deep when it comes to when it comes to what Sony wanted to do. And could it mean the end of Spider-Man being in the MCU if Sony doesn't like learn to back off and stop meddling with Marvel? Maybe. But again, we go back to the concept of of fatigue. And I think this plays a lot into it. There are so many different things. And I, and again, this is where people don't realize there are lots of movies that were comic book movies that you didn't know. Dread. Um, Red. Didn't mean to rhyme, but it did. It happened. Okay. Good job. Um, v for Vendetta. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Um, Kingsman. Mm-hmm. Kingsman Secret Service. Um, didn't really like where they went with the golden circle with the, except you, it's funny. I didn't really like golden circle as much anywhere, as much as I did the first one, but I find myself quoting (laughs) the golden circle more than I quote secret service, which is kind of funny, but I guess that works for them. Um, you know, and then there's, there's other, there's some other films that are like one off from Robert Kirkman and stuff like that, that, that they've done that, you know, they've gone off to be things people don't realize walking dead it's a zombie movie it's a zombie show but it's a comic book show oh there we go oh she's uh-huh. ah. okay see i looked her her name up i didn't see any of that so i'm i'm, I'm not on that side of tiktok at all so um yeah we won't talk about that but 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 there's there's there are lots of things ninja turtles all that those are comic book movies. Mm-hmm. And for people to think that people get tired of them, they don't. They just get tired of, I think they, they get tired of too much. Like I, I remember when Marvel only did two movies a year. Yeah, exactly. And and I don't care what anybody says. The simple fact of uh, of of hero fatigue being real and the industry, at least on one side, giving it a moment to breathe. Yeah, sure. They've got their bottom line they're thinking about, but this year, 2024, in the movie theaters, Marvel's got all their eggs in just one Deadpool and Wolverine basket. That's it. Mm -hmm. So they, they too, are, they're like, you know what? We gotta, we gotta rebuild some cred. So let's let things breathe a little. Yeah, let's really let's hit them quick. Let's let them mm-hmm. hit them hard, hit them good, and get back out. And I think the way they're doing it, making it as meta as it should be, because it's Deadpool, works perfectly for it. I I think it also helps Marvel take a step back and gauge the success of it, so that they know what to do moving forward. It's not a surprise that with the, you know, with the legal issues with Jonathan Majors, and then with the po- the poor audience reactions to Kang through Quantumania and then through the Loki series which I will say I thought he who remains was a much better antagonist than Victor Timely or even Kang um in Quantumania and so didn't get a good reception they're they're kind of course correcting and although like as a comic book fan you love seeing the council of kangs and you know that kind of stuff because it it's it's pulled from the page like thor ragnarok one of my much lower rated movies in the mcu no i'm, I'm sorry I, I always do this thor love and thunder i'm sorry thor okay, ragnarok much I better i was about to yeah, reach the, I'm the sorry, screen and slap me. you 
I'm talking too fast. Okay, so Thor Love and Thunder, one of my one of my least favorite Marvel films. I would almost say it's probably I love I loved Mighty Thor. I thought Jane Foster as Thor was a, was one of the, my favorite storylines. They did nothing with it. They they butchered her storyline to the same extent that they they butchered Age of Ultron. Because yes, Age of Ultron, I can still enjoy that film. I think it was. I think it's more underrated now. It got a lot of hate at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I was angry at Age of Ultron for the fact that I had read the entire Age of Ultron storyline in the comics. And I was excited because I thought they're going to lean into it. This is going to be, this is going to be dark and this is going to be, you know, messed up. And yeah, the X-Men aren't a, aren't a part of it, but they could still, still do some pretty crazy stuff. And, and then it was just disappointment after disappointment. So um, I liked the film, but comparatively I didn't. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, love and thunder, directly from the comic book pages in a lot of cases. Um, and so, yeah. And then I guess I, I would also probably say that sometimes the ethical background of, of, of this stuff, I mean, the Marvels was affected by the strikes. Um, Captain That's America true. four is going to get a lot of fat flack because of Sabra being in it. And especially with the, the political climate that's going on, you know, we're, we don't make statements or, you know, we're not a political site, but it's it's obvious that there's something going on, you know, overseas, and it might not be the best time to bring in a character that was used as basically as propaganda in the comics and was very much, you know, in that slate. Like, just don't do it, you know. Um, Can I jump back to something for one quick yeah. second? I think because of everything, because if you'll remember... I think it was during the Loki season two run where we got the um, we got the strike uh, finally lifting because all of the stars on the eve of the finale are like, thank you, fans, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, I really feel like that series, and maybe it's because of superhero f- fatigue, so people just weren't willing to give things a shot. But the second season of that series was so genius. And I, I think it's going to be, it's, yeah. I've, I kind of feel like it's, it's underappreciated. But oh, if yeah. you think about it, uh, in the first season, you've got He Who Remains, mm-hmm. who's like, you know, I, I controlled every step of the way to bring you right here. And then there's the entire series season two, and he has uh, Renslayer drop the book off so that it, it creates a kind of a, a Victor Timely uh, variant, okay? Yeah. And, and you think everything hangs on that, but mm-hmm. instead you see it actually goes all the way back to he who remains again, yep. who he does that to set Loki on the path to come back to this moment, creating this loop to where he can cheat death, be reincarnated, get beyond his imminent demise. I mean, yeah. it's it's just, it's it's that kind of writing is just genius. Come and, on, and that was the thing. Like, you go back to Loki season one, and you you hear he remains. She he gets stabbed by by Sylvie, and he says, "See you soon." Mm-hmm. He wasn't talking about like other versions of himself. He was like, no, 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 this isn't done. There's a fail safe. 
Mm-hmm. And it was it was always meant to go back to that moment for the very same purpose. And so it was a very well done. I think it was, I love the fact that they're bringing the TVA back into, you know, the Deadpool MCU and, with, 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 with yeah. uh, Deadpool. Um, and I think that's where they need to go. I remember a, a moment where it would be really, really nice if they would just stick back to the two movies a year at most where the, the the last movie teases the big thing that's leading into the next movie that's going to tease that next step and bring that back. Like, that's the momentum that they need. And I think that's what people are complaining about the most. And and Ken, our, our comics editor-in-chief, Sony went scraping the bottle of the barrel. Um, they should have gained something. But it was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Sony's gonna Sony. I love that. I love that, Rich. Well, um, here, and, but here is the proof, my friend, that super fatigue, hero fatigue, isn't affecting all of us. Because I, I just have to ask you: Do you think that Deadpool and Wolverine is going to be part of the retcon of the MCU? Do you think it will actually go to that level? It's possible. It's very possible. Um, let's go back to let's go back to Age of Ultron. One of the things that I love the most about that movie or that that storyline, there was this this insurmountable. There is no way to escape the effects of Ultron. The Age of Ultron. Ultron won. The only way that they could go back was to go back and basically retcon something to save themselves. Mm-hmm. So what do we have? We have Kitty Pride and Logan. They go back in time. And of course, their first idea wasn't the best idea. And if you haven't read Age of Ultron, club, you know, plug your ears. Um, you know, they first go back and they kill Hank Pym before he ever makes Ultron, which when they go back to the future, the Avengers are not the Avengers that you know. They're a tyrannical you know, group of it's it, it's like it's like what they, they call themselves the ultimates. I think when they when they came back, um, there was like this this it was a this utilitarian name, and then all of a sudden you had you see Angela, who's on um who in the in in that time frame was a guardian of the galaxy because she you you find that there's like this whole storyline where she appears, um, and she comes from a different universe, and then her and this this angelic army from Asgard come to like lay waste to Earth. And and Kitty Pride and 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 Wolverine are like, okay, we messed up. Let's go back. So they go back <laughs> in time before they kill Hank Pym, and they stop themselves from killing Hank Pym, and then they decide that Hank Pym because they're like, we can't we can't do. So what they decide to do is the moment where Ultron takes over and makes this dystopian universe. Right before that happens. Hank Pym programmed a, a kill switch that would go off and stop Ultron and would just kill him in his tracks. And it would only happen. Like, so he would have to do all the terrible things that they knew Ultron was going to do. But there was that one terrible thing that would have like wiped everything out and would have made them all lose that. That's when they stopped. And then they have this moment where keep the kitty pride and, and, and Logan have to decide to do what, because I think Logan went by himself the first time and that's how it messed up. 
And, and so they have to decide what to do. And so the Logans go off and one of the Logans undoes the other one. And so the one who was, was going back to fix his mistake is the one that decided to, to, uh, to off himself because that way the other one doesn't have to know what he did to all of his friends. So it's like, it's, he's like, I won't have to know about the age of Ultron. I won't have to know about any of this stuff. And they go back. I feel like there's this opportunity with Deadpool and Wolverine to do something like that mm-hmm. where they could go back, re- they insert themselves into the MCU and it causes a ripple effect to where phases four and five become the alternate reality. And the MCU proper is something different. And the big bad is more present and prevalent, which I think Deadpool 2015 uh, Secret Wars was. I'm, I'm giving away. If you're going to be at the convention on on Friday uh, next week, you're going to hear some of this. Um, 2015 Secret Wars issue number five is what is seen in the trailer with the Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom, I believe, is the misdirect. I think that the concept of of Secret Wars 2015 is what is is the case. I think whatever happens in Deadpool is what triggers the incursion that leads us to Secret Wars. Because Secret Wars happened because the ultimate, you know, all the universes had collapsed in themselves. The only universe, the only Earths that were left in the um, in the comic books was the um, sixteen ten and the the um, yes the six ten six one six, and then the fourteen whatever whatever it was for the ultimate universe. And those two collapsed, and then Doom saved them. So I think Wolverine is leading to that because you know you know what I want to know. Where the hell is Stephen Strange? Last time we saw him, he was going to go try and fix an incursion. He's stuck in the dark dimension with uh, Dormammu. <sighs> Catching up with Clea. I just hope, listen, whatever they do with Doctor Strange, they teased at it in No Way Home, but they need to like vocally confirm it that those creatures that you saw in that refrigerator in the basement was what Dr. Strange eats because magic has wreaked his body. And that's all he can consume now. Cause that's in the comics. There should also be a dungeon somewhere in the sanctum sanctorum that contains this evil creature that is basically the consequence of all of the magic that Stephen Strange does. Like there's always a balance to what he does. And so he just harnesses all that, that basically like for every action, there's equal opposite reaction. He, makes this monster in the basement from all the magic that he does from the stuff that he's reckless with. Oh my gosh. Like kind of like his, his toxic waste dump. Exactly. It's like, yeah, yeah. You have to have, you have to have like the, the sewage, but what does it have? Is it like in a living vessel though? It's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like an amalgam of like all of these different things. It's Mm -hmm. as messed up as he is. So yeah. Lovely. Well, that's the kind of thing you want hanging around. Yeah. So do I believe in superhero fatigue? In a sense, yes. I think people can have it. I don't think it is a widespread thing because typically fatigue, like I was saying before, is like you don't see a lot of Westerns anymore. Um, You know, we used to see a lot of like space opera stuff before Guardians. Um, You had Jupiter Ascending. You had Valerian, the City of a Thousand Planets. Um, You had all these movies that were trying to be something different. They didn't do well. And you had aliens versus cowboys. And I think that was kind of the end of all Western stuff for a while. Cause like true grit was great. Jeff Bridges couldn't understand a word he said. Um, but you, 
you, you it was an enjoyable film, especially when I think what was it? Uh, um, uh, what's Matt Damon like bit his tongue and the, the, the whole engagement with him about I, I liked I liked that movie a lot. Um, heist films, Oceans Eleven, Oceans Eight, um, the Tower Heist I think was the film with Eddie Murphy and Ben Stiller. Like mm-hmm. they, we go through these things. You had like you had um, what Crank and you had. Um, uh the the other film that um what's his name did uh where he was a, the transporter uh you had you, these films where there were like all of these like agendas and issues and then you had police films and i think they they they, they die off because the audience isn't there for there because like it's enough mm-hmm. superhero films can be different genres they can be different styles they appeal to different people um will the widespread people be satisfied with everything no but there will always be an audience for comic book films to a to a degree to a degree because you have to remember that we are we are more and more in a world where comic books are less relevant to people i i don't think either one of my well, I can definitely tell you one of my children probably doesn't even understand what the concept of a comic book is. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there is an audience of that that was writing nostalgia writ large before them, and now uh, that audience is also going to age out. So no matter what, yes, the, the genre will slow down. Uh, you know, the question is now how they get those mixed audiences in seats the nostalgia people and the new audience that you're trying to get hooked on this stuff so you know it's uh if they don't do that first part that that the fatigue is here and it is done well so, and then it i think the biggest threat to, to to the the veracity of, of comic book films right now is going to be like anime and manga um it's becoming more widespread it's and i'm not saying it's a bad thing um, I, I absolutely love what's coming out with anime. Um, talk about genre, like various genres. Um, there's, if you like anything, even if you like cooking, there's a, there's a, there's an anime for you. Uh, so it's, it's one of those things where it hits everything. Um, and it, you can tell it's done with care. There is a following, not only a following for like certain stories, um, uh, but also for certain creators. Uh, if you, if you are a fan of one piece, you know who Oda is. You know the you know the creator's name. It's kind of like if you like MCU, Marvel Studios. You never you know Kevin Feige. Um, it's it's just a name that kind of is synonymous. And so, um, you know, it can it it could easily change to where that is the most prevalent thing, and then that'll be the thing that directors and actors like to target. Oh, it's a, you know, it's a fad. It's you know, it's not real. It's not real cinema. It's all this other stuff. Because again. Uh, demon slayer is coming to theaters and it's going to be the ending of the last arc. And it's going to be the first episode of the next. And it's not really a movie, but people are going to have butts and seats for that because they want it. They want to get, you know, get it as quickly as possible. Marvel has to build that joy again of going and the anticipation and the suspense. And that's where I think they need to work. I think DC has that potential. People have been ragging on, on James Gunn, but I'll be honest with you. James Gunn is by far probably beyond the Russo brothers. 
James Gunn was probably the most, I would say the most recognizable name within the MCU, mm-hmm. you know, it, and, and, and for him, like you think about the Russo brothers, you, you can't forget um, the Russo brothers were also as good as their writers. And they wrote some of it, but there was also stuff that was written by other people. Mm-hmm. And, and James Gunn wrote and directed and kept, and when they did um, in infinity war and Endgame, they, they consulted with, James Gunn to make sure they got the guardians right. And he's going to put that same level of care into what he does. And Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that if it stays as long as it does, we will see a Marvel versus DC soon. (laughs) At the guardians premiere, Peter Safran is there supporting James Gunn. Marvel execs were talking to him and they were being friendly. There is no animosity between those two studios from what I could see. And so the potential for them, and I know James Gunn and Kevin Feige were good friends. Feige fought for James Gunn to come back after that whole thing happened with the all right. And so I know there's no, there's no love lost. And I know that, that, that Feige was happy for Gunn when they pulled him to do the suicide squad and then peacemaker. And, and now that he's the, 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 the CEO, co-CEO of, of DC studios, and so if it's going to happen, it's going to happen while those two are still helming everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying it. And when it happens, I'm going to pull this clip up and I'm going to be like, I told you so. I hope so. Yeah. In the meantime, I just look forward to Peacemaker 2 sometime. Yeah. And Superman. No legacy. Although I got to, I, you know, I got to say though, even I wouldn't, I personally as a product, I would not be completely bummed if Peacemaker had been just a one and done season only because of the note that it ended on. So that would just have been like perfection that there was never anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I will say though that, that, that show made me very self-conscious because I do have to color this beard or else you can't see it. And so if I wait too long and I keep thinking about, Oh man, people are going to start calling me dye beard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man oh. so can we beat this horse with anything more I'm, I'm trying to think about it i got I we covered it um this is probably a deep the most, craving for chimichangas this has been the most incohesive uh discussion or debate there was really no debate but there was a discussion about the topic um if you want to know more you can go back and look at what forbes wrote um, again, it's based off of box office numbers, and it does acknowledge the fact that um, Across the Spider-Verse and, and Volume 3 were both really well-received films. And it even, it, even gives, it even gives Quantumania credit because it says, you know, the Ant-Man were always modest producing films anyway. So the lack of the box office, it was lower than the other two. It wasn't that big of a departure, whereas the Marvels was bigger, and I think it was a lot more because of, you know, circumstances. Um, you can't, you can't like lift the strike the day before the show, the movie comes out in theaters and then think that, think that, Hey, content creators, we need you to, we need you to step it up. And we're just sitting there like, Oh, we can, we can talk now. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. Uh, my hope there will never be a time where we don't have a superhero film. But I would just say, you know, because Marvel and, you know, Marvel and Warner Brothers or DC, Disney and Warner Brothers 
you know, they watch our show. So I would just say to you guys, you know, please just don't oversaturate the market and Sony, please stop. Just, just please stop. You, you just don't. Can you just not? What you do um, is you come up with another idea for a movie, write on a piece of paper, and we're going to pin that. I think what you will eventually see is that no matter what, there will be a time, like, if, if it's not part of the, the main drive genre in films anymore, mm-hmm. it'll just be the same way they kind of rolled out the new Star Wars movies. It's like every other year they'll come out with another, this is the next Marvel movie kind of thing. Because yeah. it's still going to, for for a while, it would still be like printing money. Yeah. Well, speaking of printing money, um, you and your Heisenberg hat need to go back and cook some more meth in your RV. So I'm going to go ahead and we're going to wrap this up and um, and let it go. And so uh, everyone, thank you for joining us for Fandoms. Uh, we really appreciate it. Just as a reminder, a couple things. Make sure you check out the Nerd Initiative bullpen, um, especially on Wednesdays for New Comic Book Day. Um, you're going to get your dose of reviews. And I'll tell you, it's been amazing. Um, you know, um, Prepost and Kid Cuddy and um, Jeff John. Like we, we've got we, the, the bullpen has made a lot of friends. And so it's been great to see that. Um, if you also go to our homepage, um, nerdinitiative.com. I would recommend uh, check the top of the page. Um, we do have um, our friends um, that are doing a Kickstarter, and we would definitely appreciate your support. I'll let you go uh, look that up uh, just to kind of give it a little bit of a mystery. Um, please also remember to check out our merch store. Um, but the most important thing I can say beyond the merch store, beyond the newsletter, everything else. If you're watching this, whatever you're watching it on, please make sure you like, you subscribe, turn on those notifications because you don't want to miss what Nerd Initiative is doing next. Everyone, have a great night.